This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. So I heard Yoda this morning, and he's one of my favoriteest characters of all time. And I actually heard Yoda say one of my favorite sayings of all time, and that was, do or do not. There is no... Try not to do, yes. There is no try. Thank you so much for doing that voice for me. It's Chip (laughs) Eichelberger, and he was the keynote speaker this morning. I'm in St. Petersburg at the Institute Summit. We're so thrilled and honored to be here, hanging with some incredible shop owners and great keynote speakers. And Chip, you motivated me to a point where you made me think how terrible I've led my life over these years and that I need to change and it's not too late. Well, hopefully the focus is your focus on all the great things you've done with your life and your marriage and your relationship and as a dad, and then you got to step up. And that was the first thing we talked about is confronting neglect because some people haven't done it in a while. They're still repainting the same airs, neglecting the same stuff 10 years later, and that's what leads to disaster. Where did you get into this whole health thing? I mean, did you re- were you heavy one year? No, I, you know, I have my talk. I've been within five pounds of where I am right now for 30-plus years. I don't have the story. I started working with Tony Robbins in 1988 and went to the first Living Health Seminar with him December 1989, and he said most people will die of a preventable disease. And I thought, damn, I've never heard that before. Most people die of something they could have prevented. What are the easy things I can do every day to not to die of something stupid? So I've really lived my life that way the last 30 plus years. Accomplish more by starting now. That's the motto of Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care exclusively endorsed vendor. RSOT will look at productivity, efficiencies, effective labor rate, average hours per car, labor profit percent, measure and manage labor, and how you can create net profit. Interested in Repair Shop of Tomorrow? 440-545-1230 is the number for a free 20-minute no-obligation consultation or contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store. So when you said who quit smoking in this, um, in the audience, you did, I was way off to the end, but I raised my hand and I actually quit twice in my life. Yep. My dad was had quadruple bypass, mm. and on the day before his surgery, I threw my pack of Marlboros away. Wow. Well, that, I remember we said there was usually an instigating moment where it's like, that's it. This is not a should. This is a must. But I started again. Yep. <laughs> what went, how long did you quit? Uh, Ten years. Ten years? And then are you what gonna, was the moment I, you said, oh, what the hell, I'll pick it up? That my secretary had cigarettes on her desk, and it was a stressful day, and I just picked one up and smoked it. And actually, what I was doing is I was smoking her cigarettes. I put money on on the desk. That I made had, you feel better. I had a habit. <laughs> and then finally, I think it was maybe five years later, I quit. And it's been 30-some years, but it was an event. And when you said that, sometimes in order to create something good, new, better, different, there has to be an event going on. This meeting was an event for me. Mm, Good. I mean, Chip put us through, I mean, literally, I loved your get up, stretch, scream, yell, talk to your neighbors, share your goals. It was Well, it helps writing stuff down. It's more of a workshop. You know, that's one of the problems with schools is there, you know, too many kids are very visual, boys, very visual. And the teacher's up there, wah, 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 wah. The kid wants to show me do something. So I've always tried to do that with audiences where you're not going to get much sitting back, listening, listening. You got to write down key points. So when you hear it and you write it down, it becomes a little bit more important and locks it in. And 
you know, instead of talking about what's important in life, well, let's write it down and discuss it. It's a with you experience. We're not an at you experience. It makes a difference. Thank you for bringing up the trophy thing. Because I'm of that era. Yeah, I was on the Little League teams, and uh, we went to the banquet and didn't get anything if we didn't win. Yeah, that's it. And I wasn't an athlete, so <laughs> I don't. I was in it because I think the parents wanted me to be in it. But if I was an athlete and I really wanted to do something about it someday, I think it would have been motivation for me to work harder. Sure. Well, that's that's part of the key. We talked about the secret to raising smart kids and the fixed mindset of this is the way it is. I can't change versus a growth. The secret to raising smart kids or smart employees, it's got to teach them, did you do well in the test because you studied and really prepared or you're smart? So you got to link it to effort and grit and ability to overcome adversity. And it's different with this generation. They talk about managing the millennials are always looking for a pat in the back and don't have as much, not all of them, but don't have as much initiative or grit to stick to it when things get tough. And that's seeing things as a challenge that you know you can overcome is a key skill to having a growth mindset for sure. So thank you for, I think, giving us all who was in that room. And the reason that I was so lucky to have Chip come in the great makeshift studio here in St. Petersburg is to be able to do the epilogue of his discussion. You weren't here. You should have been. But now you can hear some of the takeaways and some of the great Nuggets? I get the nuggets, the wisdom that that you gave to us. And I got to give you a big takeaway. For me, the roles you play. Yeah. And I get that. I understand what roles are. But Chip, the way you presented it to me made me realize as a dad, as dad, father, same thing, Mm -hmm. as a spouse, husband, as what I do in this industry right now and all the different roles that I do play and I have played over the years, I never stopped to think about how those roles affected people and me and things motivated. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, just putting the laminated chart in the shower. It's like having your year on a page. I mean, so year goes by quick and people think about it, you know, January, write write a couple things down, but they never look at it again. So if if people went to my website, which is getswitchedon.com, there's a button there that says, I just saw Chip. There's a video there leading you through in a Word document. So you get clear on what's important. What roles do you play? So for, let's say, health and fitness, uh, I'm going to maintain my weight below 196 pounds. I'm going to do uh, 50 push-ups a day. I'm going to do my green smoothie every day when I'm at home. I'm going to keep my body fat percentage under 15%. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Uh, or financially, how much do you want to make? How much do you want to save? Relationships. I'm going to go on at least one great date night a month. We're going to go to four concerts a year. We're going to go dancing. We're going to go picnics or whatever it might be. But you got to get clear. And then it's amazing how it happens. You just can't go into a year. Well, we'll see what happens. It's like, you know, uh, if you're not sure how much money you want your shop to make this year, anything you made was okay. So it was a kick in the butt. It was a kick upside the head for yeah. everyone in that room. There were hundreds, hundreds in that room. You got us up to yell. Well, it wasn't just to yell. It was to create a a state of certainty. It's like the anchor of how can you go from uncertainty to certainty? And how do you stand? How do you breathe? How do you move? And it was that trigger of that move. Exactly. But what I, what I observed in the room is that that was an exercise that shop owners can take back to their team. Well, it's like most of them do a huddle. Yeah. But you watch any NBA or at the end of the huddle, they put their hands in and it's like teamwork or yeah. having something with a little bit of energy versus having it end in a fizzle and just doing that. Yes. 
or whatever you want to call the name of your business, having some energy to it helps. And so many of us played sports, intramurals, you know, local pickup, whatever. Yeah, it resonates. Yeah. yeah. And we've done that in the past. It's not unfamiliar to us, but I don't think we realize how important it could be in a leadership role, in a team play role. We treat them well, so they serve our customers right. well. I'm looking at so many of the really cool takeaways. There were hundreds. But if our audience just took four or five, I think we'll have a better world, a better industry, better people out there. And thank you for letting me realize that I wasn't doing enough aerobics. And I'm on the treadmill every day, but I'm not, what, I'm not pushing heal, myself. The, the premise yeah. is to heal a heart, your most important muscle, yeah. you have to train it harder with interval training. It's like if you're in the gym and you're, let's say your max curl, you're doing biceps, is 30 pounds and you keep doing 10 pounds over and over, you're not really going to build that muscle because you stress it. You don't stress it. So getting your heart rate up and measuring it on a Fitbit or an Apple watch or something, or just doing it with your fingers. If you're walking normally and your pulse is, let's say 90 all the time, the figure that I've learned is it's 180 minus your age. So I'm, let's say 62, 180 minus 62 is 118, right? So I need to get my heart rate up to about 118 to 128. That's where you'll burn fat more effectively. That's where you build your heart. You see people walking on the treadmill or walking. One of the videos I have in my wellness series is about the power of walking faster and the research behind that. Don't be a lollygagger. You need to be walking where you're moving, getting your heart rate up. Just that one habit change from lollygagging when you walk to move. Because the quality of your life long term, I think, is the quality of your movement. People like we talked about today, my goal is to live to be 100. I want to be an active 100. And I love to play golf. And I'm 62 and I'm still a six handicap. But I want to be that at 80. And I play with guys who, I've got to play with a guy who's got a double hip replacement. <laughs> he breaks 80. And it's like, wow, what are some of the commonalities that people live a long, healthy life? Well, number one, they take care of their bodies and they move consistently. Motion is medicine. One of the biggest things killing people today is a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You've got to move. You know, getting the stand-up desk makes a big difference. Having a treadmill at home or a rowing machine at home or something or getting out and moving Tracking your movement. There's no science around that 10,000 steps. That was a marketing thing. But it's a good benchmark. You should have a number. How many steps are you going to take a day? How much are you going to move? We also, um, you've got the get switched on energy schedule right in front of you there. Yeah. Where if people Google get switched on energy schedule, you'll find a PDF up and you print it out. It says at the top, I must, not I should. We talked about that. It's not something you should do. Because part of there is you got to treat your body as a temple. I must work out, work out, getting your heart rate up at least 30 minutes. How many days a month? And then you sign it. And then in front of it, it just has, you put it in February in 31 boxes and you do that for six months. You put it on the mirror in your bathroom. Magic happens when you have a plan and you hold yourself accountable. I better move at least that many days a month. You can go above it, but not below. Very few people have a committed exercise plan. They don't know what they're going to do. And again, if you don't know how much you're going to work out, anything you did was okay. And you thought you tuned in to hear automotive aftermarket business acumen. And here we're talking about health. Well, because what, what did we say? We talked about with everybody here, you're working hard. Yeah. And that's one of the key things that people are a part of the Institute for. It's the law of association. Yeah. First Corinthians 1533, don't be misled. Bad company will corrupt good character. So you've got to hang around the right people, the right information, listen to the right podcasts, watch the right stuff, read the right stuff. And also there's some websites you shouldn't go to. There's some people you shouldn't hang with. And the goal and the reason people are a part of this institute, because they're going to become like the better shop owners. And one of the reasons they want to become a better shop owner is they want to have more financial success and less financial stress. But your end goal one day is to exit, maybe sell your business or hand it off to the next generation. 
You work your ass off all those years, or you're not in shape to enjoy it, or you die of something that you could have prevented. Why did you work hard all those years? Why did you sacrifice to die of a heart attack at 64? Not a good trade. Tracy is here. Ann and Tracy always say, Dad, why do you walk so fast? Trace, now I have my excuse. Oh, walking faster. The people walk faster, live longer. It's proven. <laughs> it's proven. I have a gait that's pretty pretty yeah. long and fast. <laughs> right. You bring up the point about belonging, and I think that's critical. It's probably part of the great emotional side of what we do in our life. We want to eat right. We want to exercise. We want to lead great people. We want to be a perpetual student. Yep. But we also need to belong. That's what the coaching organizations, the network organizations do so well in our industry. Right. And we're working hard to get more and more and more people in the industry. I mean, we've got 250,000 shops out there, give or take. Think about maybe there's, you know, who knows, 200,000 owners. They don't all go to conferences and they don't all belong. What happens is, you know, the great Michael Gerber, who wrote the E-Myth, why yeah. most businesses don't work and what to do about it. Yeah. He calls it the entrepreneurial seizure. It's the tech who's been a tech for 16 years or knows everything inside and out says, damn it, I'm going to open my own shop. Just because you're great tech doesn't yep. mean you know how to run a business. That's right. And I think you have a lot of people struggling around the country because they don't think, geez, how can I make this business easier? Everybody in this room, we talked about those simple errors in judgment, right? Neglect. And after they join a coaching program like the Institute and you're a part of it, you realize all the little, simple, needless errors you've been making for years, but you don't know what you don't know. And then you start, let's say you go on a shop visit, like do a shop visit every month, right? Where they're going out there and they say, oh my God, that's a good idea. Yeah. I gave the Jim Rohn quote, we could all use a little coaching because when you're playing the game, it's hard to think of everything. Somebody sure. took you aside and say, hey, Carm, wh what about this? And you go, God, where were you six years ago? Yeah. Why didn't I know that? That's the value of this program or the value of coaching or listening to good podcasts or whatever it might be. Most people aren't, because I gave the analogy of Paul Bunyan today. Paul Bunyan, the greatest lumberjack of all time, right? And he was strong and he was an able lumberjack, but he consistently sharpened his freaking axe. So many people out there chopping, 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 working harder in their shop, working harder in their shop. Problem is their axe is dull. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah. By the way, I love you speak very animatedly. So if you hear a chop, chop, chop in your audio... That's my friend Chip pounding on the table, making his point. So I, I love it. I did not move my hand. Thank you. I know. Thank you for that. Time seems to be mm. our best excuse as to why we can't do anything, or it is that we consume it so that we don't do what we should do. I mean, I got to come home and play with the kids, but I seem to lose track of time. And when I get home, they're almost ready for bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I say time because it's one of our most precious assets. How do we overcome without having the goals of today I will be home by this right. time? 168 hours a week, seven times 24. So you got to think, okay, I'm going to sleep probably one third of that. How do I manage the other hour? So I call it the 4% solution. So 4% of 24 hours is literally one hour a day. So you got to think, I got to invest in my number one asset, which is me getting smarter, being healthier, being in better shape an hour a day. Because you look at 168 hours. And you look at seven out of 168, I mean, that, that should be pretty doable, sir. So how are you going to invest those seven hours? Are you going to get up a little earlier and walk and move? All the things say motion is medicine. you got to oxygenate your system first thing in the morning. If you go from somebody, oh, I don't have time to walk. Well, you don't have time not to walk. Oh, I don't have time to work out. You don't have time not to work out. You know, because we talked about it today is if you're not taking great care of yourself right now, you're only going to put that off so long without consequences. 
Because you're going to go feel a little off one day and you're going to go to the doctor and the doctor's going to say, hey, man, I'm so sorry to tell you, you got X. Getting sick is expensive. Getting sick is stressful. Getting sick takes a lot of time and resources. Reversing something with a little bit better discipline than our day, you could have reversed. You know, as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops and vehicle owners are increasingly locked out from accessing vital repair data. But who owns the data? The vehicle owner or the manufacturer? When it comes to vehicle repair, the fight to secure data access for vehicle owners and their chosen independent repair facilities continues. U.S. Representative Bobby L. Rush introduced the Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair, acronym REPAIR, R-E-P-A-I-R, Act to the U.S. House on February 3, 2022. The bill is aimed at giving small, independent repair shops the same kind of data access that licensed vehicle dealerships already receive. Americans should not be forced to bring their cars to more costly and inconvenient dealerships for repairs when independent auto repair shops are often cheaper and far more accessible, said Rep. Rush. But as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops are increasingly locked out. The right to repair legislation should protect a pro-consumer and competitive motor vehicle repair market, provide independent repair shops with the rights to critical information, tools, and equipment needed to repair modern cars and trucks. The right to repair legislation should task the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration with developing cybersecurity standards and guidelines to protect vehicle data and systems when repair and maintenance data is accessed by vehicle owners. Please join the fight and help support Right to Repair by completing the form at www.autoadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to Repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive heavy-duty paint and body industries. AutoCareAdvocacy.org slash NAPA. How do we get our younger people that are the mechanic? who the whole e-myth story, but they stopped to realize that they don't know what they don't know. And now they're getting support and some help. And now it's full steam ahead on financials, on human resources, on marketing. It's full steam ahead. And they realize if they miss one hour a day or one thing to help their business be better, they're going to have less of a business, less of a family, less of wealth, where they find the time for health. Can you just give well, a profound... Well, part part of the key, you know, I talked about the key. I talk about getting switched on. That's my brand. Yeah. I think you got to realize you got to take care of your number one asset, which is your health. If something happened to you, health or fitness wise, what would happen to your business? What would happen to your life? Um, and we talk about, you know, there's myths of change. And one of the myths of change is crisis is a powerful impetus for change. Crisis is a power motivator for change. Because you think given a crisis... You're going to change. Well, as we said, 42% of the time, the first symptom of heart disease is sudden death. So there's no way you're going to recover from that crisis. From heart disease, people have a coronary bypass, for example. 90 plus percent, there's an article called Change or Die. People can Google and read that article. But after coronary bypass, within 18 months, 90% of the people had a coronary bypass are right back to the lifestyle that brought it on. Because in our culture today... There's a tendency to manage disease states. You get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Rarely does a doctor say, you know what? You've been lazy. You've created 95% of diabetics are type 2. That's lifestyle. You give it to yourself. You've been lazy. Your lifestyle has created this disease state. But you know what? You can reverse it. 
We need to change X, Y, Z. We're going to write it down. We're going to display it. We're going to track it. We're going to hold you accountable. And we're going to coach it to reverse that disease state. The problem is they're much more likely to say, you've got type 2 diabetes now. Let's manage it with prescriptions or drugs. We have a magic pill society that hasn't changed in a 100 years. I've got an old book called Think by Colonel Hunter. He talks about in 1918 how often we see the pill fiend. In their pocket, they carry an apothecary shop. If their stomach hurts, they pop a pill. If their head hurts, they pop a pill. There's all sorts of research now. It just came out recently from um, American Academy of Pediatrics. Childhood obesity, 43% of adults are obese, children are obese. And if you saw, did you see the article he said? They're saying now they're trying to play it off well. There's so many factors leading to childhood obesity. We need to talk now about more drugs and surgery for kids. Not doing the hard work of saying, you know what, maybe the school lunches are crap. We have terrible school lunches. Very few schools do you have to take PE. We need to institute PE in every school in the country, all the way through kindergarten, through high school, every single quarter. We need to get better quality lunches in there. It's not surgery and drugs. But who said this wasn't good for our kids? (laughs) Yeah. And that's another story for a different time. Yeah, exactly. But my point is, we got to get to the cause. How about back to the basics? Yeah, back to the basics. Back to the basics. Eat less. Because the problem is, you know, like in the shops, let's get a couple of things, people in the shops right now. So I call it the law of proximity with food. If you have nothing good to eat, you'll eat anything. And the problem is people are busy. They run out fast food. Burger King, McDonald's is right there. So they run in and they get a Big Mac fries and a shake. Well, it's about 2,300 calories or Coke, for example. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. You cannot run a Big Mac. It's going to catch you. Because if you want, oh, I'm going to burn it off in a, a treadmill. Well, let's say you burn off 300 calories in a half an hour. That's 600 in an hour. So you're going to do four plus hours in a treadmill to burn off that fast food meal. What are you doing to bring in healthier meals for the people on your crew. Do you have good stuff? Do you have crap to eat and chips? Or do you have apples, bananas, and oranges? Are you making green smoothies for them in the shop? Well, it's expensive. How expensive is it to have people out and have techs get sick and not show up? What are you doing to create a culture of wellness at your shop? Taking better care of people. That's expensive. What's expensive not to? That's why most of these big tech companies, they have phenomenal quality food because they don't want people leaving. They don't want to meet them bad food and they want to have them there working so it's closer. Before we started, you said, you know, I do so much work with some of the largest companies in America on the whole health issue. And you said, why can't I help by bringing a video series to so many smaller companies? Yeah, because it started with, uh, you know, probably the largest home, but Lenar Homes, and they want to drive healthy habits and They have 9,800 associates. And with most of the companies out there listening to me, whether you have 17 employees or you have 50 or 100, uh, 15% of your employees are going to be 85% of your healthcare spend. So what can you do to engage those people to take better care of themselves? And they don't know what they don't know. So I just, I created a wellness series, uh, employeewellnessvideos.com, where I've been helping all these big companies, but now why couldn't a company that's got 20 people or 100 people there are three to five minutes snackable content videos from don't drink your calories to can't outrun a Big Mac to walking faster to sleep and exercise. I mean, personal development based where every 10 days for the year, you've got a three to five minute video and questions to answer, engage everybody. You're getting them together and then talk about what really drives wellness in a culture is stories of people who changed. It's fascinating. One of the guys who saw me at RLO event in San yeah, Diego, yeah. So, you know, he came up and said, Chip, you know, like I gave him a green smoothie recipe. If you guys Google get switched on smoothie, you can get that recipe. And it's a very low sugar, high green smoothie. It's one of the best life hacks of all time. He said, my wife and I have been drinking that four to five times a week for 10 years. What a difference. But one simple thing that you execute consistently can have massive, massive ramifications. 
the stat on the 15% oh, of, your, of your healthcare spend, I think about 15% of your employees being out of work because so much of that oh, means they're not there. Absenteeism is huge. They're, People it, sick, stressed, it's terrible. And they may not even be there mentally, but they're there. Well, you know, reality is... <sighs> How do I say this? A lot of people have not been taught how to take good care of themselves. Yeah. And people, yeah, I talked to a guy today and he says, you know, his dad died of heart disease at 62 and his grandfather died of heart disease in 64. And I'm like, there's some heredity there, but lifestyle runs in the family. That impacts your health more than anything else. And some people just haven't been taught the basics. If you go back and research the cataclysmic negative impact of, quote, the food pyramid that they put on us back in the 60s. It was all from marketing companies. And now they have this horrible, I just did a video on it, My Plate. It's marketing companies driving what people should eat. It's pretty basic what you should eat. But look who advertises on there. And it's cheaper and it's easy and people don't know. They think they're saving money long term, but boy, you're not. I, I am amazed at the, the amount of send it to my house food oh. boxes that are out yeah, there. Yeah. For some, they can be very good and very fresh. Absolutely. Cause some people are busy. You're working all day. This is a effective, simple way to prepare a meal. It can be effective. It's, it looks to me like it's a great alternative to try to keep the health up, the calories down. And if you have a crazy busy lifestyle, then the sub shop. Or if, as you say, too many people the big settle. Mac attack on the way home. Yeah, I love that. Too many people settle. You know, one statistic, I think I said it today, but people, um, the number one source of calories. So I would, for your team, get soda and high sugar drinks out of your shop. One soda, people, I drink, number one source of calories in America is soda. Average American, the study said, um, it was Beverage Institute, 746 12-ounce sodas a year. So people think, I just drink one soda a day. One soda a day. 365 days times 140 calories is 51,100 calories. And that equivalent is 14.2 pounds of weight with one soda day. You've got people on your team right now, because here's reality. 43% of people are obese in this country. One in 10 are type 2 diabetic. One in three are pre-diabetic, don't know it. You've got hypertension. You've got heart disease. They're thinking, I just drink one soda a day. Well, it's 14.2 pounds of weight. you got people on your team drinking two big gulps a day. That's the road to type 2 diabetes. That's the road to heart disease, obesity. So it's interrupting that pattern of, we used to do this, now we do this. We have low sugar options. We don't have the crap. We don't have the chips. We don't have the prepackaged processed cookies and stuff. There's a time for that. You don't have to be perfect, but not every, you can have a soda, just not every day. So how can you think, hey, we want to have a culture of wellness and health. We want to cut absenteeism. We want to cut our healthcare costs. You might have to do things differently. Is the diet version of that okay? Oh, terrible. The aspartame. If you go to sick, if you go to YouTube, Google 60 minute story on aspartame. How that was ever approved by the FDA is a disaster. It's terrible. Thanks Drink for, water. Yeah. Take water and squeeze a half of orange in it or squeeze some lemon or squeeze some lime or melon, that kind of thing. Drink 70% of your body, 60 to 70% of your body is water. It's one of the tips we gave today is start with an internal shower each morning. I love that. You're breaking your fast, have a big, tall 16 ounces of water, squeeze a a, a third of lemon. It's acidic, but the way it alkalizes the body, it alkalizes it. Key health tenant here. We're going deep. But Tony taught me every living thing has a pH balance, right? So you can go to CVS and go to those little strips you pee on. It'll give you a number. Where is your system? Acidic or alkaline? Most people create dis-ease in your body because they eat too acidic a diet. Google, what is a food list for acidic versus alkaline? The most alkalizing foods are the dark greens. 
spinach, kale, collard greens, that kind of thing. Okay. For example, one of the great life hacks is uh, have a big salad and a small entree. But it's a big salad with non-iceberg lettuce that has no nutritional value at all. So make a big salad with some spinach. I like kale in my smoothies, but I'm not big on kale in my salads. But, uh, you know, you're going to put spinach and put left let- lettuce and put in some tomatoes and put in some green peppers and put in some sunflower seeds or, you know, a little lean chicken or whatever. You can have a phenomenal salad. Does romaine work? Uh, romaine, sure. Yeah, dark green. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's alkalizing your system. That's why that smoothie recipe is such a life hack. National Cancer Institute says you need to get between seven and nine servings a day. I don't know how you do it without, like in the morning, I'll just do water. I'll do a whole orange. I'll do some of the uh, athletic greens. Some people might know that brand or Dr. Schultz's superfood. Then I'll blend a bunch of kale, a bunch of spinach. My dog actually loves the kale stalks. They're really crunchy. My lab loves them. Yours too, right? Is really good. And then you might throw a little bit of frozen banana, pineapple, and blueberry in there. Blend that thing up. Boom. Low sugar, high grain. Drink it. What about getting protein? You can put a little bit of uh, protein in there if you want to. I don't eat a ton of red meat, but when I do, I have a really good quality steak. I try to get organic chicken. I try to get uh, wild uh, salmon kind of thing. But I was a vegetarian after I joined Tony for a while. And my dad goes, where are you going to get your protein? I go, well, dad, gorilla's vegetarian. You ever see a skinny gorilla? <laughs> like, well, yeah, no. you think the gorilla's worked out. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my belief is this, is that if you just do the basics, 50% what passes your lips, high water content food. And how do you do that? That smoothie and big salads. My salad looks like a family of four would eat it. That's one of the ways I'd maintain my weight. Anyway, you look in great shape. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to guess you're what, 145? No, I'm, I'm 195, 6'2", 195. Oh, you're 6'2". I'm sorry. But so, there's but a you... scale out there for people. Here's a life hack. It's on uh, Amazon. It's probably 70 bucks. Arrow, C-R-O-S scale. And you have a Bluetooth app on your phone and you can monitor body fat percentage, bone in. The number one thing I want is body fat percentage. Okay. And it, it you stand like I'm at 14.3 the other morning. I want to be under 15. That's something to monitor for people. What's your body fat percentage? And it's exciting as you start doing things and you track it. It'll show you your weight. It'll show you your body fat percentage. But again, you got to have the belief in life that keeping score is fun. Some people are going to listen to this be motivated for the first half of it. And then don't be a favor. Don't turn it off because we've got to get you to the point where you're willing to say, yeah, I've got to change my lifestyle. So here's my think. I'm 40 years old and you know what? I got time to fix this. You don't realize, but one day you woke up, there's 50 candles on the cake and you still say, listen, they say I can live till I'm 88. Maybe by that time it'll be 90. And well, then I, you think, I only put on five pounds a year. Yeah, but I still have time in a decade. to fix this. I still have time to fix yeah. this. And so here I am in your audience listening to that and say, I wish I could have the time back to fix this. Well, and- you got to have the belief it's never too late to get started. I don't care who you are. You can make massive changes by making a decision to say, hey, I'm worth it. You know, scripturally, it says, treat your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, for example. Well, how do you treat a temple? Some reverence, some respect. And then you got to, I just really have to think, how long do you want to live? And it's not length of time. It's your health span. How long do you want to be healthy and vital? If what you're doing right now, if you keep doing this in the next 20, 30 years, where is that going to get you? If it's not going to get you where it's compelling and exciting, you need to make a change. And what today, we had everybody make at least one. Everything can change. Never underestimate the power of one decision. You step up and say, I'm confronting that neglect today. I'm going to stop. I have a lot of people just, they, they quit smoking or they, I'm going to stop drinking soda. 
my God, once you get yourself to do that, what else can you do? But it has to come in that moment of clarity. The Latin root of decision is CIS, means to cut off or kill. That's it. I'm changing right now. Like you said, most people quit smoking. Your dad had quadruple bypass. That's it, dad. I'm done. It might take that moment for people, but you just got to get really clear on where you are now. What are you doing? What are the results? How can you change? I've never done this before. I'm going to show you the story of when I quit the second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Permanently. Okay, good. I'd love to hear I it. hadn't had a cigarette all day, and I, I was building a training center in our business, and we were doing some major training the next day, so we're really working into the night. No time to have a cigarette. Yeah. Well, my brother was with me. His pack of cigarettes were down, and I says, okay, I'm going to catch up. <laughs> Think about how stupid oh, that my God. was. So I had a cigarette, and I... If like I drank it like a glass of water after after a long run, and I started to feel sick mm. from both ends, mm-hmm. and one end came out. I went back, had another cigarette, like a glass of water. I smoked it hard. The other end came out, and I lit up another cigarette. Left the building to go to my car. Hit the fresh cold air on the outside, yeah. and I looked at the cigarette. I tossed my cookies on the street and I looked at that cigarette and I said, you son of a gun. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. That's a great moment of personal change. Again, it's that trigger moment of saying, you know, we talked about the should versus the must, you know, gosh, I, I should quit smoking. I should eat better. I should lose some weight. I should take my wife on more date nights. I should take on more trips. You know, I do more vacations. I should read more books. Should, should, should. And you should all over yourself. You know, (laughs) it's getting clear on what you must do for some people. You know, we talked about that for, it was Peter Drucker who talked about, there's some great managers out there because we talked about getting feedback and asking people on your crew. I mean, people have multiple locations. I asked a guy, you know, your manager's been that location for three years. Have you ever gone up to him and say, you know what? Gosh, you worked with me for three years. What can I do to be a better leader? What can I do more of? What do I need to stop doing? And getting that clarity or, you know, what can I do to be a better spouse? You get unbelievable answers. And usually it's something small. But when you execute it to them, it's huge. But it's been a point of upset because you've been doing this over and over and over and bugging the crap out of them. There's great clarity in asking and listening and taking action on it. So, honey, how could I be a better husband? That's a good question for be, everybody. And be prepared. Yeah, and just listen. Yeah. And don't judge and don't defend yourself. And uh, like I asked my wife recently, hey, what can I do to be better? And I like to listen to a lot of podcasts, but I had it on the speaker in my phone. And she goes, use your earbuds, okay? Use your earbuds. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do that. I didn't know it bugged her so much. Let's close with the four factors on what we shouldn't do. Number one being don't smoke. And we, we just kind of, yeah, yeah. if you will, cover that. In the next <clears throat> Michigan one, State study on lifestyle yeah. in America. Yeah. And the number one killer, everybody in America, is not hypertension. It's not type 2 diabetes. It's not heart disease. It's the unhealthy lifestyles most people live. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do that medicine can do for you. Again, we have a magic pill society. They're actually recommending for overweight uh, children now get their stomachs cut in half. Come on. uh, No, you Google it. It just came out. They want drugs. They want the magic pill. What pill is going to make me lose weight? I don't want to do the hard work. I don't want to eat less. I don't want to work out. So they they said there are four factors. Simple, don't smoke. And if you know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there in this industry that smoke and chew tobacco. I mean, you might want to Google that. There, there's enough information out there to quit smoking or dipping, right? Or vaping. Oh, my God. I mean, again, it's a factor of if you did it once a week, but people do stuff every day. 
You know, a lot of people smoke and they drink, for example, kind of thing. I think that's common. But it's, you know, not smoking, not putting tobacco products in you. Obviously, that would go with recreational drugs, that kind of thing. Healthy weight range for your body. And this is going to piss some people off. But I think we're trying to validate that obesity is okay. Well, obesity is very unhealthy. It causes a lot of health problems. Hypertension, type 2 diabetes. You know, if you have the ability to have a healthy weight range for your body is crucial. The seven to nine servings of fruits and vegetables, and then 30 minutes of aerobic. And I always ask me, what does aerobic mean? People don't really know. Exercise is exercise with air. Healthier cells is how much oxygen you're getting. So that's why walking faster, moving and breathing. That's why if you're going to choose to exercise, and I know some people, I know you've got the kids. I know it's, it's difficult. I get that. But if you can get up and get 20 minutes even of walking briskly in, Get out there, listen to something positive, get your mindset for the day is crucial. Those are four simple factors. And just, I guess the final point we tried to talk about is how can you be more of a thermostat and how can you program yourself? And a lot of it's by what you focus on and the questions you ask yourself. And a lot of the things you focus on is dictated by what you read, what you watch, who you hang around. So there's some stuff you shouldn't read anymore. There's some websites you shouldn't go to. There's some people you shouldn't hang around because it's got you thinking better, wrong things. So if you start thinking, what am I excited about today? What am I proud of today? Who do I love? For example, you're going home at the end of the day and you had a crappy day. Everything went wrong in the shop, right? And you're asking yourself, where am I now? Zero to 10. And you think, I'm at a two and I'm pissed off. Well, ask yourself a better question. What do I love about? I, I had a guy send me this little video. He's in his car. He's like looking up, smiling. What do I love about this family? Why am I so blessed to have these kids? <sighs> yes. <sighs> and then he walked in to see his kids. He went from a two to a 10. But the value of it is he asked himself, where am I now? And he realized he was in a shitty state. So he changed it. Some people have that crappy state and it's there for the week. If you train yourself to ask better questions and understand, how do I stand when I'm happy? How do I move? How do I breathe? That's why motion is medicine. Motion creates emotion. Again, we have the most depressed society in the world. And we have one quarter. Uh, there's a Newsweek article that came out in September, if you want to read it, talking about one quarter of people over, I think, between 40 and 60 are on antidepressants. And all the latest research is for 95% of the people, it's no better than a sugar pill. But you think, well, I'm not feeling good. I got to take that pill. Well, it could be all these other things in your life that are making you feel bad. If you rely on the pill, you're not going to address stuff. For some people, it can be helpful. But the Newsweek study came out. It was unbelievable. For most people, it's not. And getting off of them is very, very difficult with lots of side effects. God did an unbelievable job creating us. Yeah. Given the right environment, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, you can have a phenomenal life, but you got to rely on yourself to create the environment to put yourself there so you can move forward. Let's do a yes together. Here we go. We'll, and we'll end the show. Excellent. One, two, three. Yes! Chip Eichelberger. There you go. Chip Eichelberger from GetSwitchedOn.com. Yeah. If people want more information about wellness, you can look at EmployeeWellnessVideos.com. There's some samples of the videos, and I can create a package for any business, large or small, wow. and it's very effective to engage people. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, man. I loved it. I could go forever. I really uh, appreciate it. Yes, you it. could. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. It's awesome. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 